hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it is exactly what it says on the blocks. Two Blokes, Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. And joining me each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be here. You've had a big week, I understand. Crack a week uh new job and just just trying to get used to everything you know it's fun but that's okay episode 94 thanks to the good people at netgear netgear.com.au we appreciate their support and they'll be with us early in the new year as well netgear.com.au lots to talk about tonight let's get straight into it Jeez, doesn't the internet like a conspiracy theory? Doesn't the internet like to analyse the terms and conditions like no lawyer ever predicted they would be? Um, the last also few days... people up into a frenzy. Oh, the frenzy over Instagram in the last 48 hours has been phenomenal. Uh, there was a, a, a picture taken of some terms and conditions and it just went viral, essentially, which was basically trying to assert that Instagram was going to be able to sell your photos... Um, and for example, the example given was, you know, Budweiser would be able to buy a photo from Instagram and, and of a bar and, and kind of put a logo on it and go from there. And it was all downhill. I had heaps of people saying they were cancelling their accounts, you know, watermarking photos, whatever it might be. Well, the furor reached a kind of peak today. Uh, and Instagram went to the trouble, I guess, of, uh, of putting out a statement clarifying things a little and kind of saying, apologies, we didn't expect you to take it this way, but that's not how we intended it. Uh, the terms and conditions are difficult to read and they probably should have been better, but we certainly don't intend to sell your photos. They were just trying to make it clear that you've kind of got to have that, that part of the terms and conditions because it, it essentially, the ability for them to sell your data essentially allows them to say, well, look, um, here's a product, uh, let's call it Netgear, on Instagram. And Stephen and Trevor both like Instagram or follow Instagram, uh, Netgear on Instagram. So if someone um, follows us and sees the ad, it will recommend that Stephen and Trevor like it or follow it. So it's a recommendation engine that they want to implement. But uh, that, that's been lost on most people today, even after the statement was made. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, it, it, people were. I think that they got caught up in the whole uh, outrage of the thing. Everyone was yeah. too busy being outraged rather than actually reading what the terms and conditions says. Although Instagram did come out and and admit they made a bit of a mistake in the language. They they mm. thought it could have been. It was their mistake that the language wasn't clearer. Um, but it is. It all comes down to the fact that look, you're not going to see your photos on billboards and TV mm-hmm. ads and things like that. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's all going to stay within Instagram itself. A kind of that the, they call it innovative advertising. They're trying to do sort mm-hmm. of targeted advertising. But oh. I think the bottom line that people need to understand: you, they're not going to sell your photos. You still own your photos, uh, and you know it's it's it all comes down to the fact that you got to remember: Facebook bought this company, bought Instagram yep. for a billion dollars. <laughs> and Instagram came out and said, well, we, we need to become a self-sustaining business. And one way they're going to do that, and that, hence the reason why these terms and conditions were updated, is them telling people that we're going to have to start getting some advertising, generating revenue 
in that fashion. Uh, so I think, yeah, people, I can remember I, I wrote the story of, of Instagram's response on Tech Guide today and posted that on, on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. And some of the responses I, I had from people uh, were saying, oh, no, too late. I've already deleted my account. So that they took it. They, they really sort of went ahead and mm. just jumped in and thought, no, nah, that's it. Didn't even give them a second chance or read it over. So just goes to show how quickly people jumped in there. The Jack. funniest one I got was on, on Twitter, a lady named uh, Cherie Donnellan said to me, uh, that's how I was going to be. It launched my movie star career. Damn, there goes those toothpaste commercials because yeah. she was hoping to be on a billboard. Uh, you know, just funny stuff because people, some people really took it quite seriously. And everyone think, else. Though, another thing you, you mentioned before that these uh, sites really have to cover themselves legally mm. because, let's face it, people are generating content. Yeah. And Instagram want to have the right to use that content within the site sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that's where people got a bit confused the fact that I think they said in their original statement that you hereby grant uh, a non-exclusive, fully paid and royalty-free, transferable, sub-licensable, worldwide license to use the content you post through the service. You agree that a business or the other entity may pay us to display your username, likeness, photos. So everyone thought, oh, they sort of hit the panic button. Mm. But I think that was the legalese that got us into trouble. And yep. and it, it was uh, – th- they wanted to explain the fact that, they, yes, they are going to use your pictures, but on Instagram, they're not going to be selling it outside of Instagram. Uh, but – People uh, pulled the trigger early, Trevor, before they heard the explanation, and their, their accounts are no longer. I'd love to know uh, these accounts closed down. How many people they lost in a day? You know what? I'd love to know. What do people expect for free? Seriously, if you if if Telstra started suddenly giving away mobile phone calls for free, um, do they not expect that Telstra would use their database of customers to somehow make money or sell you other things? I mean, the world. That's a very good point. You know, yeah, it's true. It, it, seriously, Instagram's free. Facebook's free. Twitter's free. People that whinge about promoted tweets coming into their tweet stream or Facebook ads. Seriously, people, it's free. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you if there was a paid model and you were in it and getting ads like pay TV, you know, people complain about pay TV because you got ads. Well, it was never sold as being free of ads because you pay. Um, Facebook is free. And that's why you've got ads. I don't know. I just think people have got to understand that the, the free world doesn't exist to, ha- to have fun. It exists yeah, for someone to make money. That's a point, Trev. And I think people just need to be assured that the photo they took of their lunch, the photo they took of their feet on the beach to make us all jealous while we're still at work, they're safe, people. Don't well, panic. They're and, still but you safe. know what? Even more so, uh, if you are that bloody worried about it that you're going to arc up, you know what? Don't use Instagram. Take the photo and email it to your friends. I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's the old way. Or share it on Facebook without any just boring no filter. Exactly. Do it that way. Anyway, so the drama yeah. will continue until they release their new terms and conditions, um, updated with better language, and uh, and people will understand what they mean. But also, it does give us an insight into what the future for Instagram is. Um, the funny thing about Instagram is I don't use the actual app to, to view photos. I only see Instagram photos within Facebook and Twitter before they remove the, the Twitter interaction. So mm. I actually use it less now because they removed the Twitter thing. That was the stupidest thing they ever did. But that's their company decision. We'll have to wait and see how it impacts the future of the billion dollar company. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, moving on from one site where people didn't want their photos to be on sold uh, to a site where people do want their information passed on, uh, and that's OneShift, a a recruitment website uh, that's got a slightly different skew to your normal uh, to your normal recruitment sites. In this this site is aimed at casual uh, workers and short term jobs, people mm. looking for those short term jobs and casual positions. And how it was described to me, it was sort of the, the way they've set the site up. 
it's almost been set up like a dating site so that <laughs> the the different prospects all these things they have in common they can sort of meet in the middle uh, and hopefully fill these positions the one shift website was actually uh, founded by a woman named Genevieve George who I met last week and she explained the fact that she got the idea for the site when she was traveling through Europe uh, she was on a big trip overseas and was looking for short-term jobs here and there to cover her costs while she was away. So she thought she she got the idea that you know this this would be this would make a really good website. There's a lot of people like herself looking for these short-term jobs, casual jobs, and lo and behold, she came back and created OneShift. dot com. dot au. There's now more than thirty-five thousand uh, candidates available, more than two and a half thousand businesses uh, on the books looking for staff. So uh, it allows you to have your resume, of course, but also do things like upload a video of yourself, so the mm. employer can see your uh, how you present yourself, your personality, uh, and get that job filled uh, really quickly. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely, you know. A, and you, the other thing about it, and congrats to the team that have done it. It's actually a very simple site. They haven't gone overboard. And this is where the big sites all disappear into the, in the ether because they become so complicated. This is very simple. There's jobs. And there's job seekers, uh, and the jobs are categorised very simply. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of decent categories there, and I would suspect the hospitality, retail, clubs, pubs categories are the most popular just by that browsing. That is correct, Trevor. The most popular industry recruiting through OneShift is hospitality and retail. Hmm, definitely, and you, you can see that too. Just simple bartends and stuff like that. But even here's here's a funny one: the, uh, the need for a cartoonist. You know, I mean, who who would think? Uh, that there would be a need for a cartoonist at the well, Nexus event. Even better one than that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, also a position for a lingerie model. Hello. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do you, what, what yeah, do you, what do you want me to the say? The oldest there? employee <laughs> looking for work on the site is 78. Mm. Youngest employee, 14 years, nine months, which is the minimum age you can be to get to get a job. So uh, both ends of the spectrum there. Mm. Masseur's looking for there as well. Just FYI. Uh, dog handlers, security guards. I mean, you know, it's everything. And I think that's where you'll see this come along. Um, but any of those kind of uh, qualifications that, that can come and go in terms of you can yeah. move around organizations, great idea. Um, and, you know, as tra- tragic as, you know, retrenchment or redundancies are in, in the world uh, at any age, uh, it, if you've got a qualification, nice, simple way to try and put yourself out there and maybe find Absolutely. a, a job There's also an app with it, Trevor, too. They're, they're working on a one-shift app okay. that will uh, – for these people who are on the move, like travelers, mm. uh, it then knows just by geolocating their position, it, it knows that when they've changed cities – Wow. So it will adjust their on uh, on their one shift information to reflect the fact that they're actually not not in Sydney anymore. They're now in Brisbane or Melbourne or wherever they are. So uh, and and people can do also do instant chats for uh, for interviews if they need to. I think it's uh, employers potential employers pay twenty two dollars and they get three interviews out of that. Uh, if they want another three interviews, they pay another twenty two dollars, and that is at the, hence where the name comes from. One shift. So they're saying twenty-two bucks, I think, per hour is kind of like the going rate for shift okay. work around the, these casual jobs nowadays. You know, just worry about them with the app, though, mate. With the uh, if any of those Instagram narks are on one shift, I mean, one shift <laughs> needs to use your information to connect you with an employer. Just just be careful there. If you, if you want a but job, well, they'll, they'll want you to sell. They exactly. want you to pass on that information. But you know, there are narks in the world, Stephen. Uh, this is the problem. Well. Anyway, you've written a full uh, info there and, and links to the website. Uh, you can read about one shift at techguide.com.au. I just realised my desk bumps when I when I tap, and I'm tapping along to the thing. They're going <laughs> now. 
Belkin, um, good good makers of really interesting products across a, quite a wide range because, you know, they had the routers and everything, and then they've got the, the covers for your iPads, but they've also got some really in- interesting and innovative kind of networking and also uh, energy resource products. Uh, you know, I've got uh, energy saver, power boards, and all this kind of stuff happening. But the the product that's um, most latest to come across our, our desks is the Wemo, W-E-M-O, Belkin Wemo. Now, it's hard to explain, but essentially it's, it allows you to remotely – uh, and automatically uh, switch on and off different things within your home. Now, essentially what it is, <clears throat> is an, it's an adapter for a PowerPoint. So if you assume that you plug a base station in and then you plug into a PowerPoint, let's say for a, a, a lamp, one of these Belkin Wemos, you can then program that lamp in your iPhone to say, you know, it's a lamp. And then from the iPhone, you can actually turn the lamp on and off. Uh, you know, simple thing like that, let alone other home uh, products or, or other uh, ap- applications or appliances, pretty simple thing, mate. And this is actually very cool. The applications in the future for this is really interesting. Yeah, well, it's all about home automation, and uh, I've been testing this out. It's actually it's actually a pretty cool product, especially if you uh, – the uses for it, I think that there's many that not many people have thought about. I, I, in, in my testing, I just had it so that it would turn my TV on and off. Uh, it also comes with a motion sensor, and what the motion sensor does is that when it senses someone walking past it, you can actually program that to then talk to the plug and perform an action. So. Mm. One of the rules that I set was that when when uh, it sensed me walking into my into my office here, mm-hmm. uh, it would uh, turn the TV on for me, so I wouldn't have to. It's something that was automatically programmed. When I walk <laughs> into the room, turns the TV on. You can do this too for lamps, uh, all these various other products that sort of that that could be then become motion sensitive. Mm. Uh, but another good use, for example, would be, uh, and the beauty of this too is that you can control it not only on your own network, but anywhere you've got an internet connection. You can mm. control this from the other side of the world. Yeah. I remember seeing this product for the first time at CES back in January this yeah. year. And on the Belkin stand, they had a, a TV monitor of a garage, garage door yeah. Yeah. In, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And we were in Nevada at CES with the Wemo uh, app, and we, he, the, the person on the stand was able to open and close the garage door <laughs> on that screen all the way from Las Vegas. Brilliant. So it's, it's a, one of those handy little features where uh, you can control and you can see whether a product is on or off on mm. the screen and control it no matter where you are. So yeah. if you do walk out of the house and think, God, did I leave the iron on? If it's connected to a Wemo, you can see not only if it's on or off, but if it is on, you can turn it off mm, yep. from wherever you are. I think that's really handy. And think about this. You know, if you're traveling, this is a seriously simple security investment. Imagine you're traveling. Get a, de- get a lamp, put it in your lounge room. Get another lamp, put it in your bedroom, and put a Wemo on it. And if you just had two devices, and the thing is you take a photo of the device and you label it. So then you go, you know, downstairs uh, light, upstairs light, and you could be in America or anywhere around the country or around the world, and you could go, let's turn the, the lounge room and the bedroom light on now. And then let's turn it off a little bit later. So you're actually you're not home, but in terms of burglars yeah. and things, they think you're home because you turn I, the I, lights uh, on and off. I connected mine too to uh, the Christmas lights on our tree ah. out here, so I, I can pr- turn the lights on and off with with the app. But I can also I set up a motion sensor out there as well, so that if anyone walked past it, the motion sensor between seven thirty and eight, it would automatically turn on the Christmas lights because it was getting nice. dark. Nice. So just example like that. Another example, if you say you for example you've got it uh, connected to your air conditioner at home, you may mm-hmm. have an air con. 
system, yep. Yep. and it's connected through the Wemo. If you're coming home and it's a hot day, you can hit the on button an hour before you get home. So at least you know when you walk in the door, the, the house has cooled down a little bit because you've had the aircon running for an hour. Nice work. Tell them the price, son. So that's uh, it's it's uh, the price. Sorry, it's one hundred and nineteen ninety five, and for mm. that you get the Wemo Home Automation Switch as well as the Motion Sensor. That's the Switch and Motion mm-hmm. package. That's one twenty. Uh, and if you just want to buy the Wemo Switch on its own, it's fifty nine ninety five. So what I'd suggest is people will maybe buy the Switch and Motion package and maybe want to add more Wemo switches down the track. They're fifty nine ninety five a pop. Perfect. So, stuff. well, I think it's a good product that uh, it will come in handy. Look, I did a full review. The app was a little bit a bit flaky sometimes. wasn't very responsive, and uh, you know wouldn't perform an up the firmware update. Even though I agreed to it ten, 10 times, wouldn't do the firmware update. But I think you know that'll be uh, there'll be an update that that will get through there that yeah. will improve all of that. Not definitely not a deal breaker. It definitely it works and works well. I've said mm. in my review. So yeah, the home automation is here, Trevor, and in, within reach of everyone. It's affordable. I'm going to plug them in. To everything. Uh, Wemo from Belkin, you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is proudly brought to you by Netgear, netgear.com.au. Now, now I just want to th- have you remember and think about here, people, how many smartphones are in your house? How many tablets are in your house? Those are the devices that Netgear is connecting to the internet for you. You don't have to have a SIM card built into your, your tablet. You don't have to use your, your mobile data connection when you're at home. You should be using a wireless solution so that you've got your hefty, big, and well-paid internet connection at home. Put a Netgear router and modem on there, and you're connecting all your devices to the internet and to each other. That's what Netgear does. And coming up to Christmas, there's going to be tablets under the tree. There's going to be smartphones under the tree. When people are upgrading or the kids are getting an iPod Touch, whatever it is, remember, connectivity is crucial. If you've got a, if you don't have a quality modem, you won't get the best connectivity. Simple things like splitting out the the, the data so that the the highest data activity, you know, for example, streaming video occurs on a different band and frees up your general internet. Little things like that, Netgear does well, and they do them simply. The other thing is sharing, sharing data, sharing information. Whether you've got a network attached storage device at home or you just plug a USB stick into the back of your Netgear modem then every device on your network can see that content because it's a ready-share application on the Netgear modem. Netgear.com.au, the place to go for all the latest in home and, and small business networking. And remember this Christmas, once you get network devices, you need a good home network, and Netgear can help you with that. Netgear.com.au. Now, I'm sure we've all heard of the Microsoft Surface. I know you and I have, Trevor. Uh, yeah. It's There's been a bit of a, an ad blitz on the TV. It seems every ad break uh, on the shows I've been watching anyway is a Microsoft Surface ad where the guys and the, the girls are attaching their covers and playing with the kickstand and being all sexy around the Microsoft Surface. But <laughs> one thing that uh, has been hard is actually getting your hands on one. Yeah. Uh, when it initially went on sale, it only went on sale through Microsoft's online store. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of people that were trying to access it and wanting to get their hands on it, of course, before they buy it. Uh, but what has happened uh, last late last week was Microsoft announcing that it is going to be selling the Microsoft Surface through uh, retail stores, through Harvey Norman 
and JB Hi-Fi. So mm. if uh, anyone's interested in the Windows Surface, and that's that pretty sleek-looking tablet running uh, Windows RT, which is kind of Windows 8 Lite. Uh, it's available in 32 and 64 gig capacities. They can do now do so now at JB and Harvey Norman. You know, it's a pretty important thing because you can't have a, a, a tablet like this or a product like this which is uh, essentially attempting to, to take a huge share of the market and you, you just can't not have it alongside uh, its competitors. So it's a really important step for them. Um, and, you know, just remember the pricing. We've talked about the pricing and, you know, it's Surface with RT. Um, you know, it's not a bad device it's it's actually a really really nice device but you know i'm looking at it here online and you know 559 plus the the type cover because i think you've, you've got to consider getting that that actual tactile touch type yeah. cover you know 708 dollars buy it online but you know you're going to want to go in and pl- play with it at the stores and that's where microsoft needs to needs to hit critical mass they need everyone playing with these things Absolutely. they need everyone playing well, with as it. we've seen with with, with look, it's a classic example of why apple stores are so successful mm. People get in the store, they get their hands on these products and think, and they realize the quality of them and how good they are and they buy them. Yeah. So I think Microsoft, if they wanted to make a dent with the, micro, the Surface tablet, and like they had a massive, as I was mentioning, a blitz of advertising, yeah. plenty of marketing behind it, but they didn't think that people want to get the touch and feel this thing yeah. before it goes on sale. Now, you and I both had a, ch- a chance to have a brief play on it. It is a pretty slick device. I yeah, think, definitely. Uh, they should have done this from out, out of the gate. They should have yeah. offered this through retailers. So people who do actually get their hands on it, and there will be a lot, they're going to be, once they do get their hands on it, they're going to think, well, they're going to want to buy this thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just it just baffles me why Microsoft weren't a little bit more proactive in that regard. I don't know whether these it took a, a long time to set up these deals, but I think for for a company who really wants to sort of take a swing at the tablet market, add to the reach of Windows 8 and that Microsoft ecosystem, it just it baffles me why they didn't do this from day one. Yeah, no, and I think the other thing is maybe it was a supply and demand issue. Maybe they literally couldn't get them out of the factory. But you can do it now. You can check them out at all the major retailers. So um, get your hands on. Let us know what you think. Uh, and is this a product for you? I'd, I'd love to know. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen and we don't normally do product recalls on the show, but I think this is a really important one, mate. And and I, I kind of feel for Dick Smith because it has copped a huge amount of publicity, but that's a good thing for recalls broadly. But the Dick four Dick Smith branded portable DVD players that have been sold in Australia and New Zealand um, have been deemed to pose a fire risk, which is uh, not an uncommon thing in the in the recent years with batteries. So they've they've been found to have a problem with the internal uh, rechargeable battery. Uh, they're talking about overheating and catching fire. And I've got to be honest, mate, if you're thinking about going traveling this week, you know, over Christmas, and you've got one of these units, you do need to have a look at this, and you need to turn the unit over, you need to look at the model numbers, and you need to determine whether or not yours is one of those affected. If you don't know, or you don't know what to do, just take your little portable DVD player into Dick Smith, and they will help you, because it's in their interest to make sure that they don't have any issues with this. It's a pretty big deal, though, isn't it, Steve? Absolutely, yeah. No, I think, well, Dick Smith have, uh, yeah, they said, it, this is as a precaution. There haven't been any reported no. cases of this happening. We should point that out. Uh, but good on Dick Smith for letting people know that there is there is even a slight possibility of it happening. Uh, now, these products have been sold between 2009 and uh, this year, so, and they're offering a full refund, mm. even if you did buy it back in 
2009. If you do happen to uh, to own one of these products, and I've listed them on Tech Guide along with pictures, uh, to take it along to the store and get a full refund. Because as you said, you don't want to be sitting your kids sitting in the back of a car on a road trip uh, with this with a product that could possibly catch fire. Not the best scenario. And uh, if you do own one of them, yeah, Dick Smith will happily offer a full refund. But check your model numbers. I've listed them uh, on Tech Guide, as I mentioned, with pictures. So if you, if you think you may have one, check it out and get your money back if you need to. If you're anything like my family, though, if you bought one of these things, these styles of things in 2009, it ain't still working because my kids smashed ours within <laughs> just feeding them no time. So, um, But still, take a look. Uh, look at the model numbers. Um, there's there's three, four there, a couple of 7-inch um, and a 9-inch. Um, just simple, the, the portable DVD player, the dual-screen portable DVD player, um, they're they're the things that you were picking up at Christmas time just because they were they were on special and a good deal over Christmas or or over travel times. Don't take the risk and check out uh, techguide.com.au for the full information. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it was a really uh, great uh, thing to write, be able to write about on Tech Guide this week about the Sydney Opera House. I don't get a chance to mention the Sydney Opera House in many of my stories, but the reason I have this week is because they've gone high tech here. With uh, they've created, they've formed a partnership with YouTube, and what they intend to do over the next two years, uh, a stream live performances on a designated Sydney Opera House YouTube channel. And uh, they did ha- they did test the water with this uh, earlier this year when they had the Temper Trap performing during Vivid, the Vivid Live Festival, and just that performance alone had more than 296,000 yeah. views, which is adds up to 100 times more than the capacity of the concert hall where the performance took place. So I think it's good to see Sydney Opera House, been around for oh, 30, nearly 40 years now, I think, is it? So uh, good to see that these uh, they're thinking uh, with the future in mind, they've created this partnership. Now, let me understand. Oh, this is the only thing I get. Is it going to be a ticketed thing or is it only for things that sell out? Uh, what are the 20 events going to be? Have they given any info? They haven't. The uh, The live channel kicks off in 2013, mm. early 2013. They've said there'll be 20 performances over a two-year period. Mm-hmm. I think you'll get plenty of notice. And look, it, it's the same thing as uh, do, I, do I watch it live or do I go to the cricket? It's like yeah. for me, if I want to go watch the Rabbitohs play, I'm there live no matter yeah, what. Even yeah, if it is yeah. live at home, I'm going to go. I don't think this is going to impact on anyone buying tickets and watching performances at the Sydney Opera House. Being live, nothing beats being there. But for those people who, by the fact that they didn't get a ticket or just by geography, they don't live in Sydney, they may live on the other side of the world, it still gives them an opportunity to enjoy the performance. And uh, I'll just wrap it up by saying it's actually really – it is. Congratulations to the Opera House. It's a great uh, play in terms of uh, future technology, but also to YouTube. They're doing some great deals in Australia. They they announced with the ABC News 24 recently they were streaming uh, ABC News 24 live so you can actually now embed a live stream into Facebook and Twitter and, and just on, on YouTube, which is really interesting because it, it takes the bandwidth and the streaming costs away from the, the broadcaster and into the into the hands of YouTube. So very interesting times for YouTube over the next 12 months, I think, and we'll see some, some deals like this being done a lot, I think, because they have the power, they have the audience, and, and you've kind of got to go where the audience is. Now, very quickly, before we get to your very important minute reviews, uh, a correction on last week uh, when we were talking about the the Nokia 920. Uh, you mentioned it had one gig of internal memory. I bagged heavily Optus for that. 
Um, it's actually just a really ambiguous spec sheet on on the on the Nokia yeah, 920. I've got to put the hand up there, Trevor. I misread that ambiguous spec sheet and wrote on TechEye, which has been corrected now uh, to to reflect the fact that it does actually have 32 gig of memory. What I misread as the 1,000 meg internal memory, I think they were referring to as RAM. Yeah. Uh, the 32 gig I thought was part of the SkyDrive deal, but anyway, uh, Mia culpa. I've corrected it. Trevor chimed in with his little comment, and it actually isn't stupid. 32 gigs, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm prepared to, to call that. That's life. We, we move on. But anyway, thank you to the people that pointed that out to us. We like to be accurate as best we can here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, yeah, the clock is running. couple of one-minute reviews here. The TCL Smart TV. Start the clock, Trevor. TCL, Chinese brand, number one brand in China, as a matter of fact. They want to become the number five brand after Sony, Samsung, Panasonic, and LG. They're number one in China. They've actually built a factory in Shenzhen in association with Samsung, who happens to be the world's number one brand of television. The TCL, what they face is a challenge to convince customers that made in China doesn't necessarily mean poor quality. In fact, Judging by the review that I did of the 55-inch V7300, made in China can actually mean very high quality. Mm. Uh, This is a very well-made TV. Uh, It's using the latest technology, LED technology. Excellent picture quality. Full HD picture was as good as any of the other rival TVs that are more than twice the price. It's also a smart TV, so it's fully connected. Uh, You can do it connect wirelessly or through a cable. Uh, You can have apps, view the web, Facebook, YouTube – all the rest. It's also a 3D TV, a good quality 3D TV as well. But I think the best part of this uh, TCL TV is the price. $15.99, 55-inch TV, up to half the price of rival products from other companies. So uh, the TCL brand offers not only great features uh, and really good quality, but also that value, it's going to be very hard to beat. I've given it four and a half stars out of five. That's how good I thought it was. Uh, it's really going to—it's really punching above above its weight and taking it to the larger name brands and establishing themselves as a, a value brand and a quality brand here in Australia. Check it out at TechGuide.com.au. And some Thunderbolt drives for the uh, the Mac users. Yes, there is. Their Thunderbolt is a very lightning fast, as its name suggests, very fast way to transfer data. 10 megabits per second you can transfer data. So you're talking transferring 20 HD movies in there like a, in two, three minutes. It is, it is super fast. There's three that I've looked at this week. Uh, one comes from Buffalo, the mini, mini station Thunderbolt, small portable Thunderbolt drive, 500 gig, one terabyte sizes. It's both USB and Thunderbolt. You, do, you have one or the other. Very portable, easy to carry around. The other two are from WD, Western Digital. The first is the MyBook Velociraptor Duo. Uh, it is the fastest lightning bolt uh, HD drive that uh, WD have created, uh, and it, it is goes at 10,000 RPM, so it's super fast, can do get those really fast read-write speeds. But the beauty of it being a Duo, there's two drives inside, so you can either use it as one large two-terabyte volume or you can use it as a RAID. Uh, so you can set up uh, it as to back up your backup, so that it can be set up in that way. Same deal goes for the WD MyBook Thunderbolt Duo 8 terabyte capacity. It too can be accessed. Both of these, you can access the drives without the need for a screwdriver. Simply unclip the top. It folds up. You can access the drives. They're, they're not cheap though. Uh, the Buffaloes, oh, that's not too bad. 329 for the one gig. 
uh, and two seventy nine for the five hundred meg. The Velociraptor Duo two terabyte is twelve forty nine, and the eight terabyte WD Duo is eleven forty nine. So uh, if you if you do uh, need to share, uh, retrieve, uh, sorry, save, retrieve, and back up very very large volumes and and uh, large files, you need to go Thunderbolt. And uh, there's full uh, details at techguide.com.au. And uh, that conversation is a very good example of how Skype can uh, can stretch, compress, and change the uh, the quality of a line as you go along. Uh, but uh, we got all the information. Don't you worry about that. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We're over time, but we deserve to go a little bit extra time because we're going to take next week off because it's Christmas week. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. And then what we'll do is we'll come back first week of January and do a full preview of CES and a little quick review of 2012 because CES, mate, it's only a couple of weeks away. Absolutely, and the two blokes talking tech will be there yet again. Uh, just want to take this opportunity, Trevor, to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and also to our many listeners, happy and safe Christmas to you all and a super 2013. Same to you, mate, your family, and uh, enjoy Christmas, enjoy the break. Thank you for uh, filling in for me in a week and a bit on, uh, on 2UE. And we'll be back, as I said, early in the new year. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.